All right. Hello. Welcome to another episode of our podcast. Today, we are with a very special guest, the CEO of Acquainting. And he's going to be sharing with us how we can get ready for uh, the tax season that's upcoming. Uh, we're going to be talking about um, a whole bunch of questions on how to optimize your taxes. And also, uh, hopefully, we'll have some time to do a demo of how to use Accointing's platform uh, to get yourself ready for the tax season. So my name is Jude. Welcome to the podcast. And also, welcome Dennis, CEO of Accointing. Thanks a lot. Hi, everyone. Um, thanks a lot for the invite. Um, excited to be here and talk a bit about my experience in the crypto space and um, also experience with the tax authorities in the back. Um, so in the past, so it could be very interesting, I think, for everyone to understand um, how to prepare correctly all the data sets um, so that you're not in, in a situation where you come into huge stress when the authorities or the bank or someone else wants to know more about the past of your trading experience and like the trading that you actually did. Um, so happy to share some insights into that um, and go deeper into acquainting in the end as well. All right, fantastic. Uh, so just like you said, um, let's start a bit about your background. So uh, just tell uh, the audience more about you and um, how you got into this thing called crypto. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, happy to share that. So for me, it was kind of like a way in from from the sides. Um, as I actually like was about to start my career in mechanical engineering, I studied um, in Germany um, in 2014. Started my my PhD. Um, went deep into different research material, research completely different field than crypto. But then a friend of mine actually recommended me to look into that space, and so. I got addicted in 2015 um, with the space, got very deep into it, and then realized that the, like after a while, okay, this is something very serious to to go very deep into, and then decided, okay, I do that full time. Um, went deep into obviously back then in 2015, 16, 17, all these different areas of ICOs, um, all the things that happened around Ethereum, the different networks that started to grow the different communities that popped up left and right there was an exciting time very small market back then um very easy to connect um with the different players so really like community driven um but obviously what you never thought about back then was the consequence of taxes consequence of kind of like proof what you did over the years just based on like proof of transactions or so when your bank asks hey like did you get that money somewhere um, as a payment from like some shady, <laughs> shady places, or did you actually um, make that with investing? And so um, I realized in 2017 mainly that this is something serious and I need to go um, and fix my, my history. So I tried to do that with Excel. I tried to do that back then with coin tracking, um, which worked well, but I realized very soon, okay, there's a few optimization potentials um, that I cannot do with the existing platforms. And so I decided, okay, with a few co-founders, um, we need to build our own tool. And we actually started not as a tracking tool because back then contracting um, worked really well for that. We decided, okay, we need optimization potentials by really moving around the crypto that we have into specific lots, into the specific depots to then allow ourselves to sell these coins that we bought for a higher price that are not older than one year and then actually optimize based on that so that we don't have the full um, tax consequence in within a short-term um, sell. And that obviously changes per country. In Germany, for example, you have a 50%, like up to 50% taxes if you sell your crypto um, within the same year. Um, if you hold it longer than one year, you pay zero taxes. So it's a huge difference depending on which tax lot you sell. And so we actually started a tax optimization um, like back-end uh, solution back then for ourselves um, and realized, okay, this is something that makes sense for the market, but 
it wasn't ready yet for that. And so we we uh, switched back to really only tracking um, and tax solutions, tax reporting. And so this is kind of like how, how acquainting started. Started with one a developer and then really fast scale up to 10. We're now um, 50 people in the company and full speed ahead on like helping the community to tax optimize, to do their tax reporting, to create proof of transaction reports, and also basically just have an overview of their entire portfolio um, in a mobile app and their performance from the past. So obviously, um, like you said, building this application came from a need. Um, I actually had a thought recently. I started my own crypto investing journey. And um, just like you, honestly, I didn't even think about taxes. Like taxes were an afterthought for me. And I'm just wondering, why do you think that is for a lot of investors? Like, why do you think people just jumping to investing and then taxes become an afterthought? And it's like, oh my God, you know, tax time's coming. I need to put something together. Like, why, why do you think people usually fall into that kind of a mindset or situation? I think it's just something that, like, it's a consequence. And people think taxes are something that is only a burden. It's not something that you can use to actually create higher returns. Um, and I think that mindset is something that we want to educate people on as well, because you, you can't get around it. Um, it's something that is um, there from regulators, from your country. You obviously can move around into different countries to optimize that. But that's not something that most people can and will do because they have families, they have their um, friends at their home. It's just like you don't want to leave your home just because of taxes. So um, we want to try to bring the knowledge about, okay, taxes, sure, it's a burden. It's something that you have to pay at some point um, back into the mindset of people when they actually do the investment. So if you imagine you are in a situation where a bull market happens, starts to happen, everything goes absolutely crazy. Markets are going wild. You make 400x um, on different small coins or a few hundred percent um, return on different on your entire portfolio. And you don't even realize, okay, the returns are something that is that is great. You can see it, but it's not real. Like the real return that you have is the net profits after taxes, because at some point the government will come back and actually um, ask for these payments. And so this is something where you can obviously make huge, huge mistakes in your um, in your uh, performance calculation, also in your positioning of your portfolio. And that's why I think like the mindset has to change. Currently, it's really about, okay, this is something I do at some point, I don't care. But if you actually change that mindset into, I want to do um, optimized trading based on also taxes, you can have better performances. You will have better returns, net returns, and that is what it's what it's all about. Because with brutal returns, you cannot buy a car. You need to actually have the net uh, mindset to then understand what you really own. Um, okay, so two questions from that. I we had a podcast where. I actually um, said huddling was a lie <laughs> uh, because obviously people have to at some point take their profits. Like you can't buy a Lamborghini or a house or whatever it is you want to buy um, just from profits on paper. Yes. Um, so I, I want to, one, get your thoughts on huddling and that. And then two, um, I noticed you've been talking a lot about like optimizing and using taxes very strategically. Yeah. Um, so I, I would also like uh, if you could share like an example of like how somebody can actually take advantage and use your tax in a very strategic way. Yeah, I think um, for that, I can also share um, my screen in a bit. Okay, cool. And I will go a little bit into an optimization tool that we have um, built around this. Um, but basically, why I'm always... Yeah. So go back to the to the holding period and basically the hodling mentality. I think hodling is a good thing because you kind of help people to protect themselves from mistakes. So what we realized in the community um, in the last few years, also in like in, in my friendships, um, I realized that a lot of people tend to go in. They understand the market, see that there is huge potentials. They look left and right. Um, they go into Twitter and see there's people that make 
um, a few hundred percent profit on different coins within a few days. So they want to try out gambling, right? They want to go deeper into day trading. And for most people, because they really don't understand it, it's purely gambling. So you can better go to a casino, I guess, than trying to gamble in crypto, in my opinion. And so <laughs> <laughs> what we realized is that um, if you tell people, just go in, hodl, they're more safe. On average, they make more money because they don't make the mistakes of like falling into the bear trap, bull trap. Basically, when everything goes up, I, I most people have to believe that this will never fall down again. So they think, okay, it's like Bitcoin is at $70,000. This will go absolutely crazy to 250. There's not even a risk that it goes down. So that's what the mindset of people is in a market like this. And then it drops, right? It drops down to... 40k people think this is the absolute bottom it cannot go lower than that but it's not even a 50 percent drawdown and so then they start to invest again then it drops further then they start to invest a little bit more it drops further then they get scared and they sell everything so that most people then actually sell at the absolute bottom and that's why we say okay <clears throat> go go into the market huddle it's more safe I think 80% of the people should do that. I myself do that as well because I'm not a great investor. I'm not a good day trader. I just hold my portfolio and wait um, about the, like, the basic trend of crypto until this goes further up. Um, but obviously, this depends a bit. And if you also here bring the tax aspect into hodling it also helps you because in most countries, including Australia, you have benefits if you hold your cryptocurrencies longer than one year, as you can subtract more, um, like you have a lower tax rate in, in most of the countries. In some countries, you even have a zero tax rate. So you can actually also have a higher net profit um, from your long-term holdings than from your short-term holdings. Um, but that's always a limbo between, okay, when did I invest? What did the market do? Is it like a six-month period where there was an absolute bull market 5x and then Obviously, it could make sense to even sell short-term positions and not hodl for longer because the drawdown from the base market would be bigger than the drawdown um, that you have with your with your um, short-term taxes. So it's always a um, like a dance between the short-term, long-term. What do you do about like the market situation against how much taxes do you owe? And that's what I really mean with tax optimization. Um, and to share an example. Um, <clears throat> Maybe we can go into accounting a bit later. Um, but to share a very basic example, imagine you buy one Bitcoin for $10,000. Um, four months later, the market goes up. This coin is now worth $50,000. Um, and let's say just um, for the theory, you have a tax burden when you sell it within a year of 50%. So if you then make a trade, you say, okay, if Bitcoin is at um, $50,000 here, I want to sell my Bitcoin into Ethereum because I think Ethereum now has a bigger potential to grow. What you do with this <clears throat> from the 10,000 base cost basis to the 50,000 value of your Bitcoin that it has now, you have a $40,000 um, gain. That means you pay in that example, $20,000 um, in short-term taxes. So now, you started with 10,000, you will now have 50,000, but in net profits, you only have 30 because you have a tax burden of 20,000. Buy Ethereum with it. Ethereum, let's say in two months later, goes down because we come into a situation like now, everything falls, your entire portfolio is now worth again $10,000 and you still hold your Ethereum. The problem is you now have $10,000 value in your portfolio as Ethereum tokens, you realized the gains in Bitcoin that created 20,000 losses. So overall, you actually net minus 10,000. And so you come into a tax debt with your overall portfolio if you don't realize the losses that you created with your Ethereum asset against the gains um, of your Bitcoin trades in the past. And so with that, you see how, how big the impact is of like actually optimizing and having that in the mind of the day trading, or even if you only um, reallocate every month, to have that in the mind is the best, like <laughs> a performance optimizer that you can have because it's the easiest um, in a way of, it's always the same, it's fully regulated and you have a very clear framework that you can use to always subtract some losses from 
uh, a pass or even future gains um, without even being right about the market. I mean, so what do you then say about two, con- uh, two counter arguments to what you're saying? Or it could even be three. So one counter argument being one, um, some people have a theory or mindset that if you invest 10000 in Bitcoin, for example, uh, Bitcoin goes up and you now have $50,000 realized in gains, you should take like $10,000 initial investment off the table, right? Um, at least if anything then happens to Bitcoin, maybe somehow it goes to zero. At least you've got your 10000 uh, $10, back. Um, and there are obviously some other people that I understand uh, the perspective of the long-term versus the short-term capital gains tax, which you were alluding to. Uh, but some people also believe like in taking profits as well. Um, so even as Bitcoin is going all the way up, you know, you take some profits off the table. Um, and then there's another argument of like if you're holding a crypto that somehow is... Um, let me give an example. I don't know how you feel about Doge and Shiba Inu, mm-hmm. but you know, obviously, they are known for uh, as the meme stocks or meme coins, rather. Um, and so, like in the event that somebody invests in a Doge and Doge is going up, um, so it's like, would you huddle Doge, or would you say, you know, I know, I, I believe personally, Doge doesn't have anything of value to add, um, so maybe it's best to take my profits and run versus huddling Doge and then hoping that somehow Doge is going to recover if it ever, you know, dips and get and gets back to like an all-time high or beyond an all-time high. So what would you say about like those kind of uh, counter arguments? I, I would 100% agree. Um, it really depends on your investment strategy. If you, if you go into any of these coins, like very high risk coins, I fully agree, take profits. I mean, this is something that I think is the most important Part you to protect your wealth when when it's possible, um, and think about the risk aspect as well. So that's something fully 100% agreed. Um, if you for if if you go into um, the situation where you say, okay, I want to protect my initial capital, if that's your strategy with the different exposures um, in different altcoins or different um, assets, then. I would say yes, fully agreed. But if you invest ten thousand, it goes up to fifty. Um, you actually have to take out a little bit more than ten thousand to actually cover that tax that you realize when you sell that specific amount at that time. So you actually have to take out, for example, fifteen thousand to actually cover um, the gain tax that you realize with that, and not only ten. So with that, you actually are um, in a safe spot with that type of um, of strategy. If you only take out 10, you end up having seven um, in your bank account because you actually realize something. So this is um, just something to consider on, on that part. Um, but on short-term gains, I'm fully, uh, I fully agree with you. Short-term gains in different assets, especially high-risk assets, it's obviously better to, uh, to realize them, have that money, subtract the taxes. I'm not saying that tax saving is always the best strategy. I'm saying this is a part of a strategy that you can use in some times um, in your investment cycle, but there's other times where you should completely disregard it. Because personal experience in 2017-18, especially in 2018, um, when I still um, lived in Germany, I actually made a huge mistake, a huge decision mistake um, before everything went to uh, went pretty much to zero back then. I didn't sell my especially also my high risk assets i didn't sell them because i saw on the clock i have two more months um that i have to wait and then this entire thing is uh, a long-term investment meaning for me i would not have to pay 50 percent taxes but zero and so i waited 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 and then the market dropped 80 percent, and i even like i lost i lost more than i would have lost through taxes so obviously there's huge mistakes that you can make with this um but there's on the counter side, also a lot of benefits, but really depending on the situation in the market. Wow, that's such a sad story. It's <laughs> <laughs> like you're waiting. <laughs> right? You're like, oh my god, finally it's about to happen, and then yeah, yes. wow. You don't. I tell you, you don't have you don't have good nights in that time, especially if it's the first real drawdown and bowl that you experience. You don't really sleep. <laughs> wow, 
Wow, that's a that's a very unfortunate one. Uh, but there was a question I had based on what you said, um, uh, because um, maybe not being myself, not being a tax expert, I just really want to gain clarity there. Um, so you're saying that if I invest ten thousand dollars into whatever cryptocurrency. And it that ten thousand uh, dollar investment then becomes fifty thousand dollars. Even if I sell uh, just ten thousand dollars of that investment, I still have to pay taxes. Or because I, I, I mean, maybe just being a layman, I would, I, I would think that you're just taking your initial investment off the table. So technically, no gains have been realized. Or is it that the tax authorities see selling the assets as taking gains regardless of whatever it is? Like even if you take $1 off the investment, you have to pay taxes on that $1 because that is gains you're taking off the table. That is correct, exactly. So what you do always in that you, you have, for example, one Bitcoin and you say the cost basis of this one Bitcoin is $10,000. Um, so 0 0.1 um, Bitcoin then is worth um, at the beginning $1,000 with a cost like a cost basis of $1,000. And that means when then like let's make let's make the example easier and say your value goes up to 100,000 and you then want to sell the 10. So that means um, the value like the proceeds that you create if you sell the entire Bitcoin at $100,000 value is 100,000 against the cost basis of 10,000. So your overall gain would be $90,000 that you have to realize. And if you if you take the example of only taking out the initial invest, in that case, that would be the $10,000 that I now sell, they are obviously worth the proceeds I create are 10,000 and the cost basis against this is $1,000. So that means I realize $9,000 gains on that cell um, on the and these nine thousand dollars I have to pay taxes on and um, if you if you have depending on a tax rate obviously if you let's say you have a five a fifty percent tax rate you would have to pay or like you create a tax debt of four thousand five hundred dollars in that example so that means you would actually have to get out a little bit more than the ten thousand but obviously on that amount that you get out more you also pay taxes on so it's yeah. a little bit like if you want to have a base case of ten thousand, you have to get a little bit more out than actually the ten thousand to cover um, that difference. I see. So what you're essentially saying is, um, whatever it is you want to take out, it's going to be considered uh, proportionally speaking. So if you take out ten percent of the gain, ten percent of the total portfolio, it's essentially saying that it's also going to look at the cost basis as ten percent. Of whatever you exactly. initially invested as well. Gotcha. It's always you always use the cost basis, and there's different calculation um, methods around this. There's a first in, first out, last in, first out. There's an average cost basis where you actually, um, when you buy Bitcoin to specific like multiple times, you add these cost bases together into a pool, and you have an overall cost basis above your entire crypto holdings, and that really um, makes a difference then in um, how much you have to take out more and that's something then with an accounting or with any of these um crypto tax and tracking tools you can actually find out about your like specific cost basis of a specific cell that you do of a specific tax lot and with that you can actually plan what the real net would be that you can take out gotcha um so i i'm also thinking like based on this whole situation nfts really uh, exploded like last year, I think it was. Um, yeah. And even some parts at the beginning of the year. And I'm just wondering, um, are NFTs taxable or are they not? They are in, in some countries and some other countries, there's no real regulation yet around that. Mm. Um, but I would assume that most of, most of the countries would tax NFTs at some point. Um, officially as well. So yes, I would consider, I would always consider paying taxes on them just to be safe, um, no matter what country you are. Um, in accounting, we are now about to integrate NFTs. Um, we obviously always have a lack of integrations because we have, like what we do is we, we see what the market does. We understand um, what 
the market actually needs and what type of like um, direction of DeFi or liquidity pool provisions, NFTs, whatever, um, actually stays and then we integrate it. Because for us, it's obviously a lot of work to build these different areas out. And for us, NFTs is now something we are integrating. There's other tools that did that before us. Um, the risk with that is always that you integrate it. Regulators have not decided yet how to tax it and you have to change your entire system again. So that's why we decided to wait a bit. We're a little bit um, behind on NFTs um, on, on that area, but I would say definitely consider always just to be safe that there's some tax consequences when you sell them. Okay. That's good. Um, so next up, I think, um, as you said, um, if you would be able to give us a demonstration on how we can manage our taxes using your platform, that would be awesome. 100%. Um, let me try to share my screen, actually. Can you see it? Not yet. Yep. Okay. Um, so yeah, this is, so uh, in uh, overall we have um, two, two platforms here. We have the desktop version and we have the mobile app. The mobile app really shows the same information. It's just that you have um, alerts, push notifications and um, a few more features just to keep track of your daily portfolio and like markets and uh, list uh, feature and so on to follow some friends. But the base setup here is very simple. We have um, an overview of your entire portfolio. You can see your um, allocation um, in different assets, see the price changes when you bought and sold um, different assets in the past. Let's see if there's a... Yeah, you see like the green and red dots, depending if you sell and buy. You can analyze a bit how, how you um, performed in different uh, cycles and when you bought it. Here I actually um, have an example to show you tax loss harvesting in a bit. You can go deeper into um, your net profits. So really net profits after the, like um, here not after realized um, taxes because um, it always changes in the country, but net profits against uh, losses and gains and different things that you cash out. So if you uh, move out funds from your portfolio, there are still profits. And in most of the tools, they would then be subtracted from in that profits. But here you actually see um, the real value that you, um, that you made. How this entire thing works is basically very simple. Um, you just search the wallet, the blockchain, um, the exchange or whatever you have, the different service that you used, um, integrate um, or connect your public address in Ethereum here, the one that you can find in Etherscan or if you use Argent or something else, uh, find it in the app. Um, you connect it, uh, save it. Accounting imports the entire history. Um, we um, understand swaps, um, understand different different um, mechanisms that you used from the DeFi space and integrate that into the full data set automatically so that you don't have to do much by yourself. Um, do You do that the same thing with Ethereum you do with your exchanges, for example, if you search um, digital search, um, integrate the API connection automatically. So you go to your um, platform, there's a description down here how you can find that. Go into your platform, search the API key created, and we import your balances, your historical um, trades and transfers, and connect everything um, in one big portfolio. So with that, you have a full overview of everything that you own, all the things that happened um, in the past with different classifications, different tax consequences on it, um, and different performance consequences on it. So you will have a full overview also about like um, your staking rewards. You have uh, um, a summary in the report itself um, where you see all the airdrops that came in, all the liquidity pool income, all the um, funds that you added into your portfolio. So you have actually not only like the compliance um, documents, but also a full understanding of your um, performance and uh, just get your personal wealth in crypto. Um, once you integrated all of this, went through different review steps um, to identify some unknown currencies, maybe identify internal transactions, which is very, very important. And that's also a differentiator um, to, at least in the past, to most of the other competitors that we have, because we actually 
focused a lot on these topics because if you send your own funds from Ethereum, from your Ethereum wallet, for example, into digital search into a different wallet, you have an internal transaction that then translates the cost basis from one wallet into the other wallet and doesn't realize any gains. It's very, very important, but in the past, at least, most of the um, tools did that wrong and then created a realized gain, lost the cost basis, and then everything is wrong. You basically then cannot use um, the report as a correct one because you would pay too much or too little taxes on that. Um, and you have a completely wrong understanding of your average cost basis and performance. Um, so that's very important. You go through the review steps. After this is all done, um, you have a perfectly set up um, portfolio. You understand everything that happens on a daily basis as we um, uh, refresh the connections, um, depending on usage every day, every hour, every two days. Um, and then you can find, like I said, average buy prices, your current losses and profits, see um, some social metrics here, how you perform against others in um, accounting users. Um, you can then go deeper into the tax optimization part, which is here one of the examples, just like um, this currently the German settings. One of the examples shows um, when your one of your Bitcoin um, that you bought back in um, uh, April in 2021 turns into a long-term position. So you see in this graph, when in 2022, which of your assets turn into a long-term position, how much percentage um, of your holdings is along, how much is a, is a short-term holding, and what's the actual um, short-term gains or losses in that taxable year um, that you can realize. So in that case, it would obviously make sense, depending if you think the market um, stays um, like that, um, you, it makes sense to kind of wait until um, like here, it wouldn't make sense to wait because you want to realize short-term losses, actually. If that would be a positive return, you would want to wait until um, this graph here jumps up and then realize uh, gains that are a long-term um, position to reduce your taxes. In that case, it's actually the opposite. Here, there is a mistake. Um, uh, there was a mistake being made if you just look at it from a tax perspective, as you would have want to realize the losses before it turns into a long-term position so you can subtract more um, from your taxable short-term gains. And so with that, we can go deeper into that if that's interesting, um, but there's a lot that you can read out of this. And then basically at some point, if you need your report, if that's for a bank or just for tax authorities, you just click through um, this flow, you create, um, a document that shows you all the different um, files that you need, depending if you file by yourself, if you file with your um, CPA, or if you file with an online tool like a TurboTax or something like this. There's an um, automatic upload um, functionality, and you see all the different um, things that you did. In this case, it's an empty one because we only did um, trades in 2021, but for 20, uh, sorry, in 2020. Um, but then you would have an overview of all the taxable income, all the taxable disposals, um, a summary of all the ad funds that you have as non-taxable income, um, non-taxable disposals, depending on, on the country you're in, in that case, the US. Um, so that's a very, very quick overview of what a coin team can do for you and how this works. Um, Happy to go deeper into some specifics. Um, so you definitely touched on something very interesting. I think it's called tax loss harvesting, where you sell um, some assets that you have at losses so you can pay less on your taxes, which is absolutely legal. <laughs> um, and then, but I know, I mean, I guess a question to ask, is it legal? Like if I buy Bitcoin for fifty thousand dollars and maybe Bitcoin drops to twenty-five thousand, yep. I've realized some losses. I sell Bitcoin at twenty-five thousand. Um, is it legal for me to go back and buy the Bitcoin after I sell? Or <laughs> is there some kind of restriction? Because like if, yes. I, if somebody wanted to just take advantage of that and just like sell and then buy immediately, it's like, oh yeah, you know, twenty-five thousand dollars off my tax. Well, let me say not twenty-five thousand dollars of your taxes, but whatever percentage of your taxes um, and then you go buy again and then hopefully Bitcoin goes up and then you know you realize gains 
Yeah, exactly. So that's something um, uh, it's called wash trading. Um, if you just do that to realize losses um, all the time and you don't have another reasoning for it in a, in some countries, it's called wash trading and it's not allowed. So they, mm -hmm. what they would do is basically just go back and say, okay, this was just for tax realizations. You didn't have another reason for it. Um, so why did you do that? In some other countries that's allowed. Um, so you just have to be a little bit careful. What we actually are working on currently in that tool that I showed here with the tax loss harvesting and optimization um, part, we adding a lot more functionalities country specific as this is very like a very general um, feature at the moment and you have to know your situation of your country by yourself. So what we do is now adding more information about like what is considered wash, uh, what is considered a wash um, trade in the country settings that you um, have in your account, and how do you, how should you interact with this tool depending on your country situation and on the current regulations? And with that, it makes it a little bit easier for everyone to go through that, and we guide people better to really understand what this means. There's also a lot more potential there where you can basically um, take another asset that historically speaking at least has a very similar um, performance than the asset that you want to sell to realize losses so you can also go into a very similar asset for a while that has similar like behavior depending on the market cycles and then just go with this for a few days and then basically trade it back so there's always ways around that um, but you have to have a reasoning around that sell and that shouldn't be only taxes. I fully agree with you. I see. So that's like um, saying, like I guess two plausible reasons would be if you sold at twenty five and maybe somehow it drops to twenty, and then you could claim that you sold because what well, you wanted to get in at a better price to get that's more assets, um, and then two maybe um, using a proxy like MicroStrategy seems. I mean, right now. Uh, some people consider it to be a Bitcoin proxy um, and um, maybe it's trading at a discount of like 30%. And you say you sold the Bitcoin to buy some micro strategy, um, as you were saying, like an asset that maybe trades in a similar pattern to um, maybe Bitcoin or some other asset that you, you know, sold off of. Exactly. Correct. Or you do that, um, a lot of people do that also in the end of the year before the tax year is over, realize it. Also, you have to consider paying taxes, right? So you always have that argument as well. There's a lot of different arguments around this, and that's um, exactly the reason why we need to um, have a second iteration on that feature to really make people understand um, specifically for their situation how they can interact with it um, to not create any mistakes. So I can see that your platform isn't just um, for taxes. Um, I believe it also has some portfolio management yes. uh, features as well. Um, I don't know if you've actually touched on that based on the demo that you gave us. Um, yeah, so basically our, our product vision and the vision of the company um, always falls back if you want to make it very, very simple. Obviously, we want... Um, like, it, it, it has different elements, but if you just look from a tax perspective, what we want is basically we want to help the crypto space to become more mature and a part of the financial ecosystem by providing compliant solutions that people can interact with and make their lives easier so they can be actually compliant in the market. And with that, crypto can grow faster as well. Um, that's one part. But the other part obviously always comes back um, to we want to help people make money. We want them to have an understanding of their PL and especially about their net PL because that's what they really own. Um, and so that's why um, another like, extension of accounting that we're currently um, working on and, and deploying in the next months is really going way deeper also in that portfolio management aspect as we have the full database for it. We have the full understanding of a, like, of a user's portfolio and can then give the users way more insights into what they actually did right or wrong in the past, how they currently are positioned in the market, and so give them more insights into actually what they what they do, what kind of risk factor they use, um, how risky are they um, allocated in different assets, and so on. So there's a lot that can be done to understand, like help people understand 
um, their portfolio better. We're not going to tell you you should buy or sell. Obviously, that's not um, that's not a great idea in most of the countries you need. Um, it would be even illegal. Um, but uh, we want to help like to get a better understanding of how you can be better in the in the space and how you can be safe um, in that crypto environment. So yes, there's going to be more and more um, performance indicators, performance um, tools that we're that we're integrating. There's actually a very nice um, um, announcement coming out in sometime in August or September. So that's something that is going to make um, accounting a way bigger um, asset for not only taxes but for your entire life cycle. Oh, that's awesome. Because um, I can think of myself getting into crypto as a new investor. I started out on Coin, on Coinbase, um, very at least in Australia, not the best platform to use if you're an investor. Mm-hmm. And I hopped from one exchange to the next uh, to the point that you know, without a portfolio tracking software, I don't even know. Like, like I'd have to go to Coinbase to see when I bought the yeah. coins because um, I I made the mistake of um, buying the dip without realizing there are more dips. <laughs> so um, yeah, so I got in on like different prices for different cryptocurrencies. And obviously, like you said, um, come tax time, if I'm trying to you know, figure out, I think I sold out of some positions actually, I'm trying to figure out like, you know, when, what, what price did I get in? When did I get out? Like how many you know, times did I buy from what exchange or the other? Like, it's just a mess. Um, and so using a software like Accointing is definitely going to be awesome. Um, so the question I, I then have is um, security on your platform. Mm-hmm. So obviously we are aware um, with all the hacks taking place. I think how many one was just hacked. Uh, there's a lot of user data, especially you know financial data on your yep. platform. Um, so what exactly do you guys do to keep the data of uh, customers protected? Yeah, very good question. So first, um, it's only read access. Um, so obviously it's not something where people then can interact with it because a lot of it is the public address. We explain people how to set up the API key. So it's only read um, uh, access to the platform. So we only can actually read what happened in the past. But that's the first step. That's the base step um, of the security here. So we don't actually touch any user funds. Um, I think that's the most important one. The second one is we have a, a full separation of user data when it comes to emails um, and like uh, all of the personal information is in a completely different setup than the database with um, the financial information. So even if someone would get access to our database to then get like users, like portfolios and basically having an overview of on the different portfolio sizes and trades, they would not have any personal information connected with it, as this is connected through um, uh, some user IDs with a different platform that is completely separately set up and protected as well on different access levels. And so with that, you have a complete separation of the financial information from the personal information and that's the second step that we that we do there. And also, like, I mean, our CTO is pretty much like his main focus is really to keep that safe, to keep that um, upgraded over time and to protect the user data as best as possible um, from any outside hacks. Uh, if we want to go very deep into that, I obviously would have to invite him. <laughs> yeah, yeah um, I, think, I think that's a great explanation because I, I think I like the fact that you're separating the personal information from the actual portfolio. So if anything happens, it just have like, it's almost like you're getting useless data you can yes. see like you know the financial information but if you can't put a face to the uh, data then um that's you know protection that's pretty awesome exactly um, i mean if you if you um if you're interested in that we we never released it because we have a very strict policy on what we do with user information and with portfolio information about users so we never we like um we would never sell that data, first of all, but we also would never, like, at this point, we never like uh, shared any user information, even if it's completely um, uh, like uh, anonymous or anything. We don't share that. But if you want to see some user portfolio overviews and like basically a deep dive into that, you can go to to coin tracking as they have 
some insights into the user's portfolio allocations and so on on the public website, which is very interesting. Um, but there you also see, I mean, that's kind of like the information that people would get if they would have access to our full data set, which is basically just, hey, how many people have Bitcoin? What's the like, what's the um, allocation of um, their portfolios? Um, what's like the size of the portfolios across the few hundred thousand users that we have? So not really information that you can that you can use um, for for anything, right? It's yeah, I guess it's just like interesting um, stats for people yeah. who might want to see how people are investing in cryptocurrency, really. So um, also, I mean, uh, based on the preview or the demo that you gave us, mm -hmm. um, obviously uh, looks very smooth, lots of integrations. Um, the question I then have is, I like to think you're consistently updating and adding new integrations or new, um, yeah, to your um, to how people can import their portfolio. But yes. what happens when you don't have that available? How would somebody still be able to use your platform to, you know, do their tax um, optimization? Yeah. So very good question here. Um, there's two things. Um, first. We have an amazing feature that comes out in the next weeks, um, which helps us to integrate CSV files, any CSV file within a few minutes. So that's great. That means that if you have any exchanges or anything where you have access to a CSV file with the historical trades and you want to integrate that, then just send a message to our support channel and help, like ask them if they can do that. If you have the CSV to actually share, that would make it even easier. And we're super fast to then integrate the CSV access um, in, in the future. Obviously, our goal is at some point to have API access to all the major exchanges and wallets and blockchains that are out there. That's just... Um, like something that has a little bit of a delay. So what we do is the most used exchanges um, through CSV that we don't have, where we don't have an API connection yet, we always upgrade them and add more and more and more. Um, if you then, like until then, or if you if you just want to like be fast and you don't want to wait until you have integrated anything, even through a CSV, what you can do is you basically just type in a manual wallet. Um, or you type, you go to a specific other wallet that we might even show, but don't have the API connection. Can either use a manual data input, um, if it's just like a few transactions that you did on that exchange, um, or use our template. So the template is basically just an Excel file that you can then fill out um, with the different um, historical trades uploaded with the correct time zone. As this is very important, some CSV exports or Excel exports from exchanges are in UTC, some others are in your local time zone. So it's very important to identify the time zone just to be able to match any transfers that also go from like your Coinbase account to your um, uh, account that you integrate here. Um, very important to have the correct time zone to basically see the internal at the correct time. Um, and then integrated there, it's very simple um, to use and that's like a, a workaround that you can um, take for now. Um, then and the next next question I have is: Is it possible to use, uh, or are you planning on maybe adding integration for stocks? Because, um, like for me, for example, even though I'm invested in cryptocurrency, I also do some stock investing as well, and I know I've sold out of some you know positions myself on certain um, assets. And so I'm just wondering, like, is that something you have currently or is that something you're planning on doing so that people maybe have like an all-in-one platform mm -hmm. where they can manage all of that versus doing crypto on one on your platform and then you doing, you know, stocks on something else? So as of now, we're fully focused on on the crypto environment. Um, so to that, it's, it's basically a question of when you do that. At some point, we will um, integrate more assets, stocks, gold, whatever it is, into the platform as well. It's just a focus point. So what we do is um, we always analyze our target users, the users that we can actually serve the best, and also want to understand or, um, or analyze how these users change their behavior over time. So if we see that um, after six months, a base user that um, is perfect for our platform 
goes into NFTs or into DeFi or into stocks or he left like he he um um goes to any other platform and um churns out of a cointing. We understand what is the target market that we want to keep first. And so in a first step, we would then integrate that specific area um, that we need to track as a capability into the platform to then serve this customer. If we then realize, okay, six months later, there's like 30, 40% of our users leaving us after six months because they also have stocks and they want to have the capability to trade and track stocks in accounting as well, we would obviously then um, have the capabilities for that target group. So it's always just a priority based on user behavior of our target user to then understand like what are the correct strategical steps of when to integrate it. Um, and that's why, for example, we were very late with NFTs because our target users were mainly um, working on like um, specific blockchains, but also on mostly centralized exchanges. That means that there was not too much churn caused by NFTs. Now this is like uh, more serious. That's why we're integrating NFTs. So it's really just about the prioritization of the strategic steps, how to get there. Um, but at some point, obviously, we want to have the full experience for a user when it comes to investment. Okay. Um, so the obviously, um, how is the pricing mm -hmm. um, for investors on your platform? One, and then two, is it possible? Um, seeing as you are in the crypto space, do you have any uh, mechanism to accept cryptocurrency as payments or do you consider that as like too risky um, for you at the moment? <laughs> Good question. So I, maybe I can start with this. I would love, or we would love to accept crypto as a payment. Um, we currently don't do that because of our um, uh, back office, like the finance team, pretty much. Not because it's their fault, but because we use tools that automate everything, that pay VAT in the different countries. And these tools, they don't allow yet um, to accept crypto um, payments and then also deploy the VAT taxes and all of that from a company level in the specific country. So it would be a lot of manual work um, to just create all of these exports and like the regulations for the company itself in the different target countries that we have. And that's why we um, sadly decided for now to not accept crypto, but as soon as these tools that we use there, and that's the biggest tools out there, like a paddle or any of these um, guys that are out there, as soon as they integrate crypto as a payment, we're the first ones to activate it. It's just that we don't want to just accept crypto and then have a problem from a company setup perspective, mm -hmm. as you need like another five people to handle this if you want to do that manually. Um, it's the reason why we don't accept crypto. It's funny because we're a tax tool, tracking tool, and we don't accept crypto. That's kind of like <laughs> the thing that shouldn't happen. But um, it's just capability-wise um, of the market. There, it's not there yet. Um, in the sense of company accepting crypto and the other parts that need to be automated um, to make it scalable. Um, I hope this is changing in the next two three months. I mean, there's a lot of bigger companies and like um, all of these um, software provider tools that integrate crypto now. So that should be fixed. Okay. So what do you think about the whole, I guess this is a little sidetracking uh, based on what you said, uh, talking about two, three months. I know that there's a new regulation, I think called MICA, mm -hmm. um, about to be passed in the EU. What are your thoughts on that regulation? Yeah, I think that's going to be very interesting. I, I, I really look forward to... Um, having a, a regulation that is also like valid across multiple um, countries in the EU because it would make our lives way easier. It gives a very concrete output. And I generally, um, I mean, my base understanding of every regulation is it's a good thing, especially in crypto, because that just means it's accepted. I mean, I don't know if you remember the time two years ago or so when um, there were the first regulations coming into crypto, also in the US, when they kind of started to talk about you need to report every transaction that's bigger than $10,000 in crypto and all of that. That was a huge discussion, huge problem for a lot of the communities where they said, okay, the regulators are going to destroy crypto. It's not the case at all. I, I see the, exactly the opposite way. I think regulations are great um, for the market 
it's the only way for the market to really grow. If we want to stay a niche market, then obviously it's annoying. But I think everyone that is in that space wants crypto to succeed and be that big, big financial um, revolution. And that's why I really like that there's more regulations coming in. Um, to go into any details, again, I think it would be very interesting to to bring in our tax experts to go really deep into that. Um, but in overall um, feedback on that, regulations are great for the market, in my opinion. <laughs> if it's not wrong, um, wrongly set up, as like in the past, for example, in Germany, they, they tried to set a regulation for staking where you would bring every asset that you stake or that you used to stake tokens would change from a one-year holding period to a 10-year holding period. That would have been absolute catastrophic, absolute chaos um, to e even keep track of it and really happy that they now reverted that. So that's kind of like the risk there, right? And um, we're trying to help as much as possible to lobby there a bit um, with, the, with the resources we have. Obviously, we can't be big in lobbying at this point, um, but we're trying to be engaged as much as possible to help the regulators also um, to make the right decisions on the regulations and not just do something because they don't understand it correctly. And that's why that's one reason why we also work with a BDO, for example, um, globally to be engaged in that even more and have access to the right people there and bring the knowledge in. Um, I think your second question was also about pricing. Um, I think it's very important for everyone to understand that Everything that you do when it comes to tracking, um, um, reconciliation of your um, portfolio and your transactions, using the mobile app, looking into the performance, all of this is completely free for all the transactions you want to integrate into accounting. The only time we charge is currently on the vertical for taxes. So we only charge once a year for the specific um, year tax report. Um, that's a big difference also to a lot of the other tools out there because a lot charge on a monthly basis or yearly basis if you even want to integrate more transactions and use the, the tracking tools. For us, that's completely free. The only time is really a tax report. When you want to buy it, that, you you have to pay. Wow, that's awesome. Um, definitely, we'll be checking you guys out for my own portfolio tracking. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I mean, and then based on what you said about crypto regulations being a good thing, um, you know, definitely, uh, maybe we're gonna, uh, you de definitely won't want to show this video to the Bitcoin maxis because they're all anti crypto regulation, uh, saying that's a bad thing and they don't want regulators in the space. Um, but like you said, a lot of, um, investors who are now getting into the space do believe, um, that regulation is good because it just gives clarity to everybody in the space as to what to do and what not to do. Uh, because as we have seen, especially in America, uh, there seems to be a lot of retroactive, punitive um, um, action being taken yeah. against cryptocurrency companies saying, hey, you did this, you did that, when there wasn't any regulation at the time to dictate what they were supposed to do. And then once there's regulation, then they're being fined which I think doesn't make sense. Agreed. And that is that is bad in the end, but the regulation itself prevents that. And so even the Bitcoin maxis, I guess they want crypto to become bigger. Um, so there's no other way. And there was never anything else in this world that was there to stay, became bigger without having the government um, on board as well. So that's not, not possible. Cool. And also, I think you, I mean, you already touched on some of the uh, points already where you mentioned the difference between you and other platforms being that you are free for all the portfolio management except the taxes. But um, for, you know, somebody who's like considering options out there, like what would you say is the real, like the key difference, the, you know, unique value proposition that you have on acquainting versus like the competitors in the space? Like why should they use you instead of somebody else? Yeah, I think um, there's a huge difference, obviously, in capabilities. I think, um, I mean, if you look into the market, there's around 25 competitors or so um, that are that I have on top of my mind that I also keep track of what they're doing. Um, so all of them obviously have different peaks, like uh, different things that they do better or worse. 
um, than the others. I think the main um, difference is that we work since the beginning very closely with um, uh, tax experts like BDO um, that also checks our systems, goes deep into um, like how we actually keep track of the classifications and the classification combinations, um, the data quality that we have. So I think like our focus since the beginning, and that was very hard in the first two years because people didn't really want that precision, but our focus was always having the highest precision possible um, and having the best output when it comes to being like completely correct on the compliance parts as well. So this is like our real core focus and that's why um, these big firms also like to use us because we pretty much like have the correct output there and are very flexible in changing that. Um, other tools focus a lot more on being very fast in the different um, uh, new expansions of the crypto ecosystem. They're very fast with NFT integrations, very fast with different DeFi protocol integrations, but that obviously comes with a cost. You cannot be that fast plus have a very precise correct output, but that really depends also on what you want. If you just want to see an overview of your portfolio, you might be better off with um, with someone like a sapper that really focuses on DeFi and NFTs. So that's obviously something that we currently cannot compete with when it comes to NFTs and like real, like very deep dive um, in, in DeFi, but they also don't have tax reporting. So it's depending on your needs. I think in this current market, there's not one tool that can give you the full experience um, with everything, um, but there's um, different tools that are serving you perfectly for your like specific target user. And we have our target user being in exchanges, in some wallets, they do some DeFi, they're not yet in NFTs or will go into NFTs or we actually have NFT support in the next two months. But as of today, we don't. So we have more the users that are like the investor base, um, they trade on centralized exchanges, even trade on decentralized exchanges, but don't do the most crazy things out there because that would be something that you have to integrate um, manually in accounting. It's it works. We have the capabilities to integrate everything, um, even NFTs, but it's currently a manual process, so it's not fully automated. And I think that's a big difference um, that you really just have to choose um, based on what you did in the past um, and also probably what you want to do currently and in the future um, of what tool you should actually use. Okay, that's awesome. Um, and then lastly, before um, we let you go, the so what do you think of the current situation in the markets? Like how, well, obviously not financial advice, but what do you see and what are your thoughts on like, you know, maybe the next three? Because um, some people are saying that we're going to have a bear market for like maybe 18 months. Mm -hmm. uh, some believe that by the end of the year, we're going to be out of the situation. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? And like, you know, what do you see happening? Yeah, I think um, if you look into any Bitcoin fundamentals or the market fundamentals, I think it's the crypto market itself is not in a, in a bad situation um, overall. Um, what I see um, is pretty much the impact from the global ecosystem the, like the global financial um world into crypto and currently crypto behaves very similar to a tech stock pretty much so you have all these tech stocks that also went absolutely like down in last months um same behavior in crypto i think the global impact uh, is is what defines how long this this current bear market stays i mean we're in that market now since more than six months already i think it's pretty much like almost eight months um, where we are in a downturn since the last all-time high. Um, and um, like me personally, what I do is I, I wait a bit and see if there's any more dips to buy. Um, I believe in crypto in the long term, so I don't really care about short-term losses or any kind of like short-term downturns in that way um, as I don't lose interest in the crypto like idea and the long-term positioning of it. Um, as a day trader, I obviously would be very careful. Um, because I think we see a lot of volatility. Um, but I, again, as I said before, I'm not a trading expert. I'm not like an expert in reading the markets on a daily basis. What I believe is the idea of the crypto ecosystem, the blockchain, and I believe that um, this technology is here to stay and it's not going to go anywhere. 
So that's why I'm kind of like buying whenever I have the chance um, in, a, in a small dip and, and stay put and huddle. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, aside from Bitcoin and Ethereum, like what um, what do you think is the most promising uh, cryptocurrency? I mean, for me, it's about risk. So when I whenever I think the market is too volatile and goes down, I go currently in the current market. I always go back into Bitcoin. I'm not a Bitcoin or Ethereum maximalist. I have both. Um, so I really like just switch forth and back a bit depending on um, the volatility um, of the market. But I mean, they have different use cases in the end. Um, so I I don't believe that I will be in one 100% or in the other 100%. I think I'm always in between where I keep like 30, 40% of my portfolio in the one and 30, 40% in the other, um, depending on the current market cycle. But I think it's very interesting um, to understand also the switch between, I mean, if you want to call it Bitcoin and altcoin cycles, um, I think there's, there's a very interesting... Um, concept around this where you can always obviously see different dynamics changing um, in like these different asset classes and you can see um, momentum in like taking off in, in one and going down in the other. And I think with that, it's very interesting to just go forth and back um, slowly between these assets to kind of like um, play the trend. That's what I would do um, and not, I mean, I'm not a day trader, so I, I really go for the trend. I see. Fantastic. All right. Um, is there anything else you would like to share with our uh, subscribers? I think just one thing is basically um, they shouldn't be scared about taxes at all. They should also not take that as um, an alone decision in any case in the market. As I said before, my experience was you can also make mistakes if you only care about this. Um, just see it as one thing you cannot go around and if you have some time, especially in a market like this, where you don't even invest, you're very, you're very calm in that in that current situation, I guess, take um, take some time and just keep track of the different exchanges and wallets that you have integrated into accounting, and then with that, you will just be a little bit more safe or like you have more peace of mind when it comes to actually preparing that because you already have the base. It costs nothing. It gives you a free like. Um, overview of your portfolio and it also gives you um, the security that depending on what exchange you use um, you have the data in accounting and even if the exchange disappears has a hack goes down whatever or changes any of the historical price info like uh, transaction information you still have all your um, records in accounting and that's i think very important because some of them, they change the access to historical transactions. And then you just have to argue too much. You have to, you have, it's just a big pain at some point when you then have to um, get that information, you don't have it. So just use that free offer, I would say, and um, keep track of it. You're a little bit more safe. <laughs> All right, fantastic. Um, so before we go, I also want to say, I, I believe we have a discount offer from acquainting. Um, I believe it's 20% yes. as well. Um, so that will be in the description below. The link will be in the description below for uh, everybody who's watching this. Um, I really want to say thank you so much, Dennis, for uh, spending some time with us today and really sharing your knowledge on you know the industry and taxes. I definitely have learned a lot. I definitely will be checking out your platform. Um, and uh, you know, I hope uh, some of our viewers as well will be able to get some benefit from the video and from your platform. So thank you so much for being here. Thanks a lot. It was great to be All right. here. All right. See you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.